Fair warning, this episode contains frank descriptions of cancer and death. It's the TMI Project Podcast, a series of stories about the too much information parts of ourselves we usually leave out because we're too ashamed or embarrassed. I'm your host, Eva Tenuto. This is season one, tragedy plus time equals comedy. There are many ways to receive a stage four breast cancer diagnosis. Disbelief, rage, horror are a few words that come to mind. But it's possible that nobody has ever taken the news quite like my friend, Erica Chase Salerno, who was known to treat the chemo ward like a cocktail party, a place to chat up other patients whether they were in the mood or not. TMI Project worked closely with Erica on this monologue, which she read for the first time at a gallery in New Paltz, New York in 2017. Hi. Hi. I'm Erica. I have stage four metastatic breast cancer. It's fall 2015, and I'm just a few months into my post-diagnosis journey. I notice there's someone new at chemotherapy, and always looking to connect, I introduce myself. (laughs) What's your name? I ask congenially. What kind of cancer do you have? Quietly, the woman introduces herself and tells me what she's being treated for. You have esophageal cancer, I respond. Cool. (laughs) Instantly, my favorite nurse, Dar, shoots me a look. I'm not sure what I've done wrong. At the end of chemotherapy that day, Dar takes me aside. She says, Erica, you're unique and wonderful. I know what it is you're doing, but you've got to change your words. I'm shocked. My ego is bruised. I'm the problem? Why am I being called out? for helping forge a sense of community here. (laughs) Later, after I calm down, I realize Nurse Dar is right. My choice of words matters. Just because I'm excited and curious to learn more about other forms of cancer and the people who have them, doesn't mean I can impose my perspective. If I want more info, that's what the internet's for. (laughs) If I want to connect with somebody new, I need to understand that they might not share my upbeat outlook, especially when it comes to terminal illness. I never want my verbal clumsiness to be off-putting, offensive, or distancing to the very people I'm looking to befriend. I also realize that by approaching a stranger at chemotherapy in my signature lighthearted cocktail party way, (laughs) I am doing exactly what I've been asking others not to do to me, forcing my viewpoint on somebody else. I might feel like we are all in this together, 
But as the saying goes, when you meet one person with cancer, you meet one person with cancer. No two cancer journeys are alike. I have stage four breast cancer. And like the Super Bowl, cancer staging inexplicably uses Roman numerals. <laughs> I am grateful when I get this diagnosis. <laughs> I am grateful when I get this diagnosis. My disease has a name. My oncologist has a plan. And my prognosis is measured in years. Not a lot of them, but I'll take what I get. Stage four is the killing stage of breast cancer. But I don't hold a grudge. It's an opportunistic conqueror. It doesn't mean to off me. It's just a side effect of its metastatic hostile takeover. The armies advance and colonize my liver or claim my brain like the pilgrims traded for land with native populations or declare eminent domain in my lungs. Stage four is, by definition, metastatic. Treatments are designed only to attempt to halt cancer progression, or at least slow it down. Before my diagnosis, I don't know these things, and I find them fascinating. Oh, and did you know that most of the cancer funding and research you hear so much about goes to the earlier stages, one through three. I know, right? <laughs> and don't even get me started on the pink ribbons. Anyway, one of the fascinating facts I learn is that sometimes people progress up to stage four after being diagnosed at an earlier stage, but sometimes they're diagnosed at stage four, out of the gate, like I was. <clears throat> if we solve stage four, we can cure the lower stages. Seems like that would be a good place to put some research and funding, don't you think? From the very first step on my journey, I feel chosen by breast cancer. I view my cancer as a long haul, chronic disease to manage, not as the end. It's my dance partner. We rise and fall and spiral together. After two and a half years of dancing, I have lost countless friends to breast cancer. And my end is coming sooner than later. But I still feel like I was selected for this experience, for this dance. At each phase of the journey, when I reach out to family and friends, I learn very quickly how much everyone wants to help. There is so much love immediately directed my way. But I also learn that people have very strong opinions about cancer and treatments. It's like sports teams or ice cream. Everybody has their favorite, and everybody is a morning, Monday morning quarterback. When somebody asks on Facebook, What's the best pizza in New Paltz? It gets like 200 comments. <laughs> I'm team Reno's. <laughs> the pizza thread is intense because people are very into their pizza. This is the exact energy that comes at me when someone wants me to try their particular cancer cure. <laughs> 
I am overwhelmed hearing all of these opinions about my health choices. This is all new to me. Before cancer, I've only had colds. In the beginning of my cancer journey, there's so much I don't know yet. Should I go to Sloan Kettering for a second opinion? Trek to Boston? Who's the expert in my specific type of breast cancer? Because I know so little, I'm open to what people have to say. Suddenly, I'm receiving a lot of information, <laughs> not just from people who are close to me, but from acquaintances that haven't seen me in years. I get emails about how chemotherapy is killing me, the virtues of extended breastfeeding, nani juice, shaga mushrooms, reishi mushrooms, avoiding mushrooms, <laughs> ginger, holistic dentistry, and eating as much gluten-free chocolate cake as I want. Okay, that one's fine. Here's the thing. Many of these cures are scientifically proven to feed my particular type of hormone-driven cancer, and none of them is proven to help. The more details I learn about cancer in my body, the harder it is to hear people say, do this, or don't do that. I experience it all as a version of, you're doing it wrong. People aren't curious about my specific type of cancer or even whether or not I want their suggestions. They're just giving them. Each emailed cure feels like a dagger. I cringe thinking how many times I have thrown daggers at my friends with children on the spectrum just reflexively sending articles about autism without even asking more about their particular challenges or whether they'd be interested in reading what I've found. I know people do this with the best possible intentions, but that's also the exact description of the road to hell. <laughs> I don't want to shut myself off to people, but I need a way to find a way to communicate without making myself vulnerable to other people's misguided words. I need a way to share the same information a million times with a million different people. Then I remember my friend Jackie Dooley. She has a blog about her daughter Anna's cancer journey. Later, after Anna's death at age 15, she starts a new blog, The Halfway Path, navigating parental grief one word at a time. Jackie's blog gives me a window into her experiences from a safe distance. When she writes about Anna, I feel informed, heartbroken, inspired, and involved as a valuable member of the community without Jackie having to invest her precious time and energy in managing mine and everybody else's deeply felt desire to stay connected. I am so grateful for her shared words and for her clear boundaries. I decide to launch my own blog, 
because I realized people want to know. People care. One of my earliest blog posts lets people know that I need them to refrain from making suggestions. I write, absolutely, positively, never, ever, 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 send me. Herbal, alternative, interesting, holistic, natural, foreign, spiritual, special, intriguing, compelling, etc., etc. <laughs> Cancer supplements, remedies, or cures. What I do need and crave is your continued amazing support and love for me and my family. I have an extensive team of experts working with me on the cancer wellness part. My message is received loud and clear. People stop sending me cures and start bringing me things I really do want. Stewart's extra thick mint chip shakes, meals from Karma Road, and Panera. Panera. They volunteer to drive me to support groups and the post office and my kids to soccer and archery and drama. They organize a healing circle. They clean my basement. <laughs> Words matter, mine and yours. Not everyone sees the can in cancer, and I can't force them to any more than they can force me to drink nani juice. My view of cancer as a gift is mine. But I can't make anyone else see it that way, just as I can't tell them how to treat their own chronic or terminal illnesses. Now, I've learned to let them teach me about fibromyalgia, Lyme disease, rheumatoid arthritis, or their experience caring for an ailing loved one. And if they prefer, I let them be silent even though silence is not typically the Erica way. <laughs> this Erica way of looking at things didn't start with cancer, by the way. I tend to greet most chapters in my life, including cancer, with wonder. Also, with Coca-Cola and chocolate, preferably Lagusta's Luscious Chocolate Bonbons. Are you writing that down? Lagusta, L-A-G-U. <laughs> Each new chapter is a gift and also an opportunity to give myself gifts to celebrate the milestones, gifts upon gifts. I'm so thankful for all of them. Thank you, cancer. Thank you for the advance notice of my forthcoming demise. Thank you for giving me new tools to connect with others in a more gentle way. Thank you for pressuring me, but also giving me enough time to buy my natural green burial plot in Tilson. Thank you for giving me the challenging but loving task of preparing to leave my children and husband when it's my turn to die. Thank you for the gift of pain, the worst pain of my life and the miraculous feeling of that pain retreating. Thank you, Cancer, for new questions. Thank you for engaging me in so many new dimensions. 
Thank you for the support of Breast Cancer Options, Omega Institute, Sparrow's Nest, Ruiner Support, Cancer Support House, Jack and Jill Cancer Foundation, Inheritance of Hope, and all love to the TMI Project for your incredible, heart-opening work. Thank you to Mike, Declan, and Quinn, and my parents, family, and friends who walk right alongside me every step of the way. Thank you, Cancer, for choosing me. Erica met cancer as she did everything in life. With wonder and through her writing and storytelling, she helped others do the same. She passed away in February 2019. But just six days before she died, she invited Shauna Falana from the podcast I Want What She Has to interview her at her bedside about the experience of dying. It just reinforced me the beauty that's around me literally or figuratively, and that it's, again, there's more to this world than I might assume. And to let be, I feel like this is the message I'm getting so much lately, is let be. We miss you, Erica. Keep up the story binging with the next episode of Tragedy Plus Time Equals Comedy. I see an advertisement in one of my Russian educational rags. It's for the FBI. They're looking for Russian translators to translate various Russian documents into English. Various Russian documents. I'm Eva Tenuto, and my co-host is Micah Blumenthal. Haley Downs produced this episode. Our director of external affairs is Sarah DeRose, and our operations manager is Blake Vile. Our theme song is Secrets by Edison Woods. Special thanks to Shauna Falana and Teresa Lynn Whitman of the I Want What She Has podcast. This episode of TMI Project's podcast, Tragedy Plus Time Equals Comedy, was produced in partnership with Radio Kingston with production assistance from Ida Hakala, Nate Brogan, Manuel Blass, and Marlon Barry. Visit tmiproject.org backslash podcast to see this episode's writing prompt and submit your story. If you like what we're doing, please subscribe, rate, and leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps. TMI is a nonprofit organization, and we rely on the generous support of our listeners. Help us to continue to create radically true stories that have the power to change the world. Make a donation today. And now, if you're inspired to tell your own story, join us this summer at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Micah and I will be teaching a TMI Project True Storytelling Workshop August 23rd through the 28th. You can find the details on our website, tmiproject.org.